With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The 19, and it is January 9. And uh, you're on the American Liberties Talk Show with our consistent, most reliable uh, guest, David Marilyn. And um, and I'll go into the introduction in just a minute, but I wanted to I want to tell some people here that uh, I, I've been reading two books. In fact, I've had them for a, uh, a while, and I read them not consistently. Unfortunately, I wish I I could focus more, but it is what it is. One of the books is written by a guy named Blum. Contracts, third edition, examples and explanation, and it's um, it's a great college um, study book on everything about contracts. And then there's another one that got really got me started was a college law, the fourth edition, and it's. Um, written by Aldo Charles, A as initial, and then Aldo, A-L-D-O. And uh, and it's a great book, and it brought brought back a thing that um, the stakes are, can be legitimate, and you can challenge something uh, on the basis of a mistake, and uh, but you you kind of got to set up the person before uh, before anything because like you know just for instance the IRS writes you that you owe a bill. Well, you might want to in the response write back and say, you know. I, I I believe you're in error. I believe you made a mistake because how you know you I don't believe you consider section 83 uh that that determines my gross income. And you can you know write the letter and and Dave has given out some letters that uh are good responses and and you can of course customize the letter the way you want. But in uh, the uh, whether you call it a mistake or an error, the law can can produce injuries. Okay, so you give the guy the opportunity that hey, you made a mistake. You didn't consider Section 83 or other factors you may want to use, but you got to be able to prove it now. You know, if you want to try to say I'm not the citizen of the United States, you better be in a good position to prove it. But regardless, we'll just keep it focused here. Um, So you let them know there is a mistake, 
and if they don't correct a mistake, then then you have a a, a cause of action. Okay, now you got to study that too. But it, it, it's an interesting concept, which I'm, I'll, I'll be sending out some emails as I'm reading. Um, I got a program where I can read, and it puts it into Word for me. And uh, uh, after I make its corrections, because you know I, I'm from Brooklyn, and, uh, and being in the South, it kind of mixes up my language a little bit, but. The uh, uh, there's some good stuff in there that I think it can be used in a civil matter. Now, being that you the criminal complaint, you're you're somewhat protected, and I say somewhat loosely. I would say you you know I I can't even give you percentages, but many many people have not been indicted because they joined the excuse me because they joined the criminal complaint. And with that, if you go to wevgov.com and go to products page, you can see where you can join the criminal complaint. You can download the uh, uh, the complaint that was filed as well as the update complaint. Uh, there's a word for the update. I, I shouldn't use that word, but I used it. Um, that that went to Congress, uh, that went to the president and all. And it's a good read, it's a good study, and it's right on point. You, you, you know, it's so on point, it's ridiculous. How, and you see Congress, uh, if, if you're watching the news at all, just how ridiculous they can be. And of course, the most ridiculous is that girl from the, from Brooklyn, you know, said that Trump ought to get rid of ICE. But again, let's stay on subject here. There's there's too many things that's ridiculous in this world to, to just to pick one thing. But anyhow, I urge you to for those who sent emails out that you know that want today's help and take over. You know, we help as much as we can. We got we got a lot of um, things on our plate. We have the criminal complaint course. We have the drive-by litigation course. We have the criminal intent course. We got so many things that are available. It's just a matter of you buckling down. And even the jurisdictionary course is a great course. If if you want to go to court, it shows you how to do interrogatory, all of that stuff. But people, you got to do it yourself. See, you can't. There can't be one person or two people to do it for you. As much as we, you know, we like to do it. Sometimes we're just not able to. Nothing personal, you know. Um, so with that, I'd like to introduce Dave Marilyn. Dave Marilyn, someone that I met back in 2005. I've been in this agenda since 1988. I quit paying in 1993. They started criminally investigating me somewhere around 2000, I don't know, four or five, somewhere. And then um, uh, I met Dave Merlin. And I could have been on the original complaint 
but you know there was too much on my plate at the time i don't know what the reason was i didn't do it uh matters not because i had joined it soon thereafter and i sent it in the congress wrong and behold i got a knock on the door saying hey you're invited to come to a grand jury you know to uh to give us exemplars and so I was astounded. I said, you know, I'm, I'm at the door. I don't let these criminals in my house. I'm at the door, and I said, wait a minute. Are you saying I get to go in front of the grand jury? Oh, man, what a great opportunity this is going to be. Because I started reading David's complaint. I started, I didn't read the complaint too much, to be honest, because I was so into the memorandum of law. and. Uh, and I was just, I mean, I was just, I mean, I was hooked. And I and I couldn't get myself out of the memorandum of law long before I knew I was going to uh, go to the grand jury. But it helped me be prepared to go in front of the grand jury. So when I told Dave and some others, I had a lot of help, which is great. And... Uh, and and that's why I feel I want to pass that on, you know, the the help. I mean, it, I can't tell you how how much do this alone. And helping is not doing it for you, but encourage you and showing you maybe what you're missing. And that's what Dave did to me. It was his posture that I really was attracted to because I can prove you know, as far as talking to an agent, I can prove what you can't prove, and I can prove that you can't prove it. And and by the by the posture and everything that I went before the grand jury, I haven't heard back from the grand jury going on now eleven years, and I think that's a good thing, and and I think you all would have to agree. Now, civilly. It's a different case. Pardon but, me, Chris. Yeah. Two days ago makes 12 years. 12 years. Okay, 12 years. And um, and now uh, I'm coming close, I believe. I could be totally wrong. But I think I'm so darn close, as civilly, that in the next couple of months, <laughs> I will let you know if I got my liens removed. And, uh, and I think... I will. So with that being said, the voice from behind just came out, and that is David Maryland. Dave, are you there? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, they still go after your money. The law does not count. Welcome to the Wednesday, January 9th, 2019, American Liberties Call. My name is David Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. Believe it. Got an email. <clears throat> somebody wants to go to tax court. And uh, with, you know, God bless them. I can't remember the lady's name. It might be Rebecca who's on the call right here. I can't remember. But... um uh, their husband is a truck driver, and uh, so we're not talking about anybody living in the lap of luxury. This is 
a common American household, and she wanted to take my stuff to tax court because she has a certain deadline to petition tax court. And uh, asking me if if I could help her take my findings to tax court when she knows tax court will penalize you thousands of dollars for a belief in the law. These arguments are way different than any arguments coming out of anybody else. These are statutes, but they're unpopular. They're violated by the government as a matter of routine. Routine, custom, practice, uh, perversion. And you can't have them. So uh, I really applaud the... uh, the willingness to take on the government, oh, yeah. But, um, you know, I got reservations. And it's really questionable whether or not I can even participate. <clears throat> I've moved on in large part to other things. And uh, it's part of my retirement from law. People have heard me say it for, you know, over the last several years that uh, it's not going to last forever. And I've been doing my best to drum up some support. You see everyone who has a foundation, a shingle on the wall, a certificate as a CPA, all of them care not. (laughs) So um, there's simply no reason to stay in there. So I'm unavailable for consultation for the most part. And... uh, it's, you know, I've got so much stuff on the web for free. Then you get the courses and you've got the documents and you see me actually executing upon these tactics and strategies. Um, it's a learning curve. You have to go on. You have to pick it up and look at it. You have to be able to look at your state official misconduct statute and say, did they do something they were not authorized to do to deprive me of a right? It's a gross misdemeanor. I better write the criminal complaint against them and file it. And you have a bunch of examples in Microsoft Word of meticulous, wonderfully written criminal complaints. If I might say so myself, complaints I wrote for people over the years. And uh, the courses come with a lot of audio instruction. And I'm talking about the drive-by litigation course. Citizens' Criminal Complaints, and um, the Criminal Intent course is invaluable. Part three relates to the movement. Anybody in the movement, I got two letters in part three of the Criminal Intent flash drive. One of them is if you're going to pick up my arguments and use them, there's a letter to go on record with uh, to show that this is what this is how I read the law, and um, I look forward to your response. And attached is my affidavit of joinder that I sent to Congress. And these were you can amend them to fit your instance exactly. And then there's another one that doesn't have my arguments in it, but it has a space where you can inject your own argument if you have a different reason that they should view you as not believing you have a duty. Uh, that's where you would do it. Again, this is not legal advice. Uh, We've seen how utterly futile a belief in the law has proven to be. 
I put it in the chat, wevgov.com slash ORTH, O-R-T-H, capital O, O-R-T-H. Here it comes again for you in the chat. <clears throat> There's an exchange of briefs between me and the government's top attorney, uh, Richard E. Zuckerman, Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General in charge of the DOJ's tax division, civil and criminal. And he wasn't even forced to talk about the law. The reply brief is void of reference to key provisions. So any willingness to go to court when you know you face exactly that, my hat's off to you. Good job, American. <laughs> but I'm not sure I want to participate. The injustice is such a terrible reward for the amount of work I put in to the paperwork that you see on the Robert Orth page, wevgov.com slash Orth, O-R-T-H. That's a capital O. Uh, obviously, a ton of work went into that paperwork. And uh, the work was done by somebody who has highly honed skills, me, and it was futile. It's hard for me to lift a pen for something I know is futile. Uh, all it would be is another trip all the way to the Supreme Court in futility. Every time you go to court against the tax man, it's worthless. I said all this before I took on any of the cases in the last three and a half or four years. I told everybody, you can go to court and go to court and go to court. You won't get answers. The law is off limits. They don't care. And so uh, I've also said don't litigate tax law unless you're going all the way to the Supreme Court. Went three times last year alone to the Supreme Court. In futility. The tax man owns every judge. Those are the rules. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I'm kind of handing this off to the individual. I've got so much stuff on the web, you wouldn't believe it. That's just the free stuff. Buy the courses. Or if after reading uh, materials and watching tutorials about Section 83, if you think you've been deprived of Section 83, if you think citizens of the United States are only named in regulation and not in statute at all, I have the joinder, affidavit of joinder, that you can download in Microsoft Word, put your own name on it, put your own county in the notary jurat in the caption, uh, and send it to Chris's office. The instructions are on the bottom of that page. I just pasted into the chat. If you're not on the computer, if you're on the telephone, go to takefromcaesar.us and read uh, like uh, the first few inches of the homepage, you're gonna see a link that says join the criminal complaint. It'll take you to that page about the joinder process. And you can download that in Microsoft Word, make the necessary adjustments. If it's a little for you on the learning curve, there's a link on that page that'll take you to a YouTube tutorial about that page. And you can start there and uh, go on record. And what that does is it allows you to print off copies of the criminal complaint that went to 80 members of Congress 
and print off copies of your affidavit of joinder showing you're a co-complainant and send it to anybody that says you owe a tax on your labor. It's a platform, a platform that's been used, as Chris stated, uh, by many to avoid indictments, to prevent indictments. On the call, we have, or did have, LTO, yeah, he's still here, um, shut down his criminal investigation by the IRS uh, three and a half years ago. So they're out there, people that jump on board with this in the middle of an IRS criminal investigation and start throwing these documents around. We've seen them close criminal investigations. I haven't heard of anybody else who claims to be able to do that anywhere. Instance, uh, instances might arrive or occur out there, but it's not based on Section 83. It's not based on allegations. They're committing racketeering. So there's nothing close to this process. And if you want to wield a belief that your citizenship is outside of some curve, uh, these are the arguments. This is the way to do it. And uh, I don't talk enough about the affidavit of joinder that makes you a co-complainant. You've stepped from ignorance of the law, show me the law, that's the anti-tax movement, onto another square on the board, one that contains knowledge of the law and an offense. You deprive me of Section 83. Can you deny it? If they deny it, the place to do that was in the Robert Orth case from uh, the Seventh Circuit out of Indiana Tax Court last April. And the galaxy's finest, the finest tax attorney in the known universe couldn't even talk about it in the reply brief on the Seventh Circuit. That's the platform you would be joining uh, through your choice to become a co-complainant. You don't have to wield my complaint. Become a co-complainant and just sit on it. Uh, keep it on file. Maybe uh, put it in the records of your various clients if you have accounts receivables and foresee that maybe a levy would occur in the future so that anybody's books that gets turned over to the Department of Justice or the IRS contains the complaint and your affidavit of joinder. And a cover letter that says, I need to know all about your compliance with Section 83 here. Because I guarantee you, uh, any payroll head, any, uh, let me see, somebody told me like a week ago, they went to a professional tax preparer and um, to get a best and worst case scenario out of them regarding a possible indictment later. And he, after they did the, the whole evaluation of his matters, he asked them, how does Section 83 operate? And their faces went blank. They had no clue. So we know that you're on a platform that's statutory. That's the main thing. The law protects me. They hate that. Um, but there's not a lot they can do in front, of a tax, or in front of a criminal jury. When you say, I'm in compliance with the law, they can't even talk about the law and you have docket numbers to reflect upon from other cases where the government failed. So uh, it's a, a place from which to uh, defend yourself and maybe even go on the offense. 
steel billy on the call right now i think yeah in kentucky he was sued by the department of justice to convert uh tax assessments into or tax liens into real estate he didn't even own the real estate they were after so it's a freebie i said it's the dickens to just sit there and be sued when you know they're breaking the law why don't you file a counterclaim he filed a counterclaim against the u.s uh demanding as remedy only that they provide clear explanations of the laws that they promised in the taxpayers bill of rights they dismissed his counterclaim you can't have clear explanation of the laws uh I got a real bad day for anybody who says around me that America is a country. It's obvious that we're captives. We are inmates. And uh, the government rules us uh, with the spirit of a carjacker who has a crowbar and sees you at a traffic light. Those are the rules. That's your relationship with government. And uh, I'm busy. I simply am not available for deep consultation about somebody's case. I'm moving in a different direction. It's going to take more and more of my time as things go by. So uh, just consider it part of my uh, retirement that should have happened 15 years ago, 20 years ago, because all of this has been nowhere. The law doesn't count for squat. And uh, I've got a couple people on this call who will back me up on that through personal trial and tribulation. So uh, get my courses, folks. Uh, if you want to talk like I talk about these topics, you know, get the courses and repeat the same thing over again until it comes right off of your tongue as easily it comes off of mine. Taxes, how does Section 83 operate on my paycheck when you say the word tax? We know they don't have an answer, and so you beat them up. You say right here, 1.83-3G, any money or property is a cost. Look, five cases the government won in the Supreme Court arguing that any is all-inclusive. What's so hard for you to read here, servant breath? Any money or property is my cost. Until you've got answers, stay away from me. This is going to go nowhere. If you want to be able to speak like that, just learn the argument. We know they don't have a reply. You don't have to learn the whole argument all at once. But it is the statute that governs how to tax the workforce. I think everybody should be interested in it. And uh, on my products page at wevgov.com, there's a book about Section 83 for only 25 bucks. Codebreaker, the Section 83 equation. Now, if you want to buy a book for 250 bucks that isn't worth the roll of toilet paper somebody used to write that on, uh, here's David Champion's video in the chat. I mean, a video about David Champion that I made about a particular argument he espouses that's bogus. I easily trampled all over it. He's a nice guy. He believes what he's teaching. But I identified the flaw in his research that led him to the wrong place. 
And I explained it in that video tutorial. David Champion, nice guy, on Amazon. His book is 250 bucks. Mine's one-tenth of that. And it's a statute uh, the government can't talk about, yet it explains how to tax the entire workforce. Uh, those two instances right there, juxtaposed what he does and what I do and the price it costs to get my materials, it should tell you a lot about the caliber of analysis I performed, conducted from 1988 to 1993. Wrote my treatise in 94, five trips to the Supreme Court by October of 98, in futility. And so I told everybody this trip around here in the 2010s, uh, it's going to be the same thing. The government won't talk. We're going to look as right as rain, and it's not going to matter. They'll penalize you. That's exactly what they do regarding the same issues. So uh, I've done just about all the work I can do and, <laughs> and put everything you need in my courses. And that's on top of all the free stuff on my YouTube page, which is dynamite. Every time I review the contents of that page, uh, it's dynamite. It's up to other people to say whether or not it's the most powerful channel on YouTube. But um, it just it blows my mind how much information is on that YouTube channel. It blows my mind. New Year's Eve, I crossed 100,000 views on my YouTube channel. Uh, that was neat. That means I got 63,000 views in 2018 and only 37,000 views in the three years prior. So doing well on my YouTube channel. And uh, I urge all of you uh, read everything I have on the web that's free without looking at anybody else's work because nobody does anything in common with me. And nobody teaches on level with me, especially on the uh, issue of income taxation. There's nobody close. So um, I'm going to be doing less in the area of consultation and writing because law is leaving Dave. And everybody should be very happy about that. Um, I'm sorry if it's bad timing, if you have a current controversy and you really needed help. Uh, it's just driving me into the ground to do this work, and I'm busy with other stuff. So uh, other things have my attention. It's a good thing for me. Believe it. It is a very good thing. This has sucked the life right out of me. When you look at my obvious uh, elevated or heightened brain capacity and mental abilities to be trapped on a treadmill of futility, uh, you understand how it could really, you know, drive me batty, run my life into the ground. So uh, I apologize, of course. Uh, I did work for free for years and years and years, and uh, it's just over. So now, uh, write this down, folks. Don't put it in the chat. Write it down, write this down, or you can type into a new uh, internet 
Explorer window, whether you're using Google Chrome or Mozilla or Komodo. We, it's all lowercase, no cvgov.com slash amjurcontract.pdf, A-M-J-U-R contract.pdf, stands for American Jurisprudence, amjurcontract.pdf. That's a photocopy from 2012 of the entire American Jurisprudence Second um, annotations on contracts. I don't know. I can't remember how long that that photocopy is, but uh, to complement the book that uh, Chris recommended at the beginning of the show, um, Amjur Contracts, great read. A great read. Everybody should know contract law, and everybody should keep from using the term contract when it comes to enforcement. There's no such thing as an adhesion contract. A driver's license is not an adhesion contract. It's a trapping of racketeering committed against jobs. That's all. No such thing as a contract. And it shows that the movement's never really understood or even read the definition of contract. First thing it'll tell you is a contract is a meeting of the mind. I didn't agree to have my money stolen. So no, it's not a contract at all. It's just something to make you feel like you need their permission. And you do, because they are racketeers and they won't let you get away with your money. I drive with a an officially issued tribal driver's license a state ID card, both of which have my picture on it, and tribal government exempt plates. The tribe is insured. And I watch what I'm doing when I'm on the road. I don't speed around. And I use my turn signals. And so I've taken care of that problem. I don't have to enter that arena. But for people that do, stay away from the bogus arguments. It's a statutory argument. The motor vehicle code has never been written to apply to me. You're going to know that because you're going to go find your state's first motor vehicle code, and it's going to restrict the application of the motor vehicle code to those engaged in commerce on the highway. And then you challenge them for proof that the legislature has at some point broadened the scope of the statute by saying, uh, we're going to enforce it on other subjects now, and they won't be able to. In the chat, um, you're out of luck there, Serpico. I just don't know. So uh, stay away from the bogus arguments and keep it statutory. They might get you once in court, but in that one time, you're going to be talking felony criminal complaint uh, because you joined my complaint filed March 9th of 06 by Kurt Riggin and I, and uh, there's a course on that right on wevgov.com, and you name executor, your cop, the local mayor, county council, whoever's doing this to you, and you name them in the joinder, and you file that into the record and file a motion to dismiss and talk about citizen's arrest. They might want you in there once, but um, 
they don't want you in there twice. That might be the only benefit you derive will be they don't want to talk to you. Hey, life is good. <laughs> um, I know that in the past I've enjoyed long durations of driving with a, an expired trip permit in my back window, no license plate, no insurance, no driver's license, and the car uh, hadn't even been transferred to me. And they let me go. They just wouldn't pull me over. <laughs> it's something else. Um, <laughs> it's something else. So anyway, uh, you have to start rolling on your own. I encourage you to do it. I always have. But uh, very few people have picked it up. And, you know, get the motor vehicle course that I offer. Do the research in your state. Adapt the already written motion in that course. They're in Microsoft Word. Um, I taught that class twice. It's a two-day class. I taught it twice. And the audio from both weekends is included in the course. You get to hear me teach the course twice. So there'll be a little bit of information that's not in both of them. And you'll see the documents. The motions are already written. You just adapt them for your state. I can't make it easier without doing it myself. And I'm not going to do it anymore. So uh, there's so much work done for you in those courses. Uh, I'm pretty sure it will impress you when you see the quality of the documents, how many of them there are, and how the audio instruction leads you by the hand through the, uh, the reasoning for the complaints so that you can get a feel for how a prosecutor looks at you. You know, aside from the, the perversions and all that nasty, uh, they have a job to do, and that is to see if your conduct matches the essential elements of any criminal statute. That's their job. Find people whose conduct matches the essential elements of statutes that say, we can punish you for that. And they match you up with the statute, describe your conduct to the court, and get an arrest warrant. That's how it's done. I try to ring the felony bell because then you can make a citizen's arrest. So, yeah, I'm always looking for conduct that matches the essential elements of criminal statutes that, are, that I read. <laughs> a person in the chat says, anybody in Ohio? Yourself. I did it myself. I saw that court rule in Washington State, uh, court rules for limited jurisdiction courts, 3.2.1, citizen's criminal complaint. And I said, that looks pretty neat. Hey. And I picked it up and stayed there. Oh, yeah, criminal complaints against public servants. It's the, it, it's the thing to do. It's where it's at. And, oh, by the way, um, here comes another link. <laughs> it's a... Uh, you got to take this tutorial if you haven't yet. You got to. Yeah. It's a 60-minute audio. The recording of the hearing is in the audio. You can hear the handcuffs go on this guy for contempt of court. There it is in the chat. And uh, uh, they called me on a Monday afternoon. I had a recording of the hearing on Tuesday afternoon and started writing those documents that you get there in Microsoft Word to get this judge off of the case. 
That was my only assignment. Listen to the audio because uh, an experienced court watcher had, was going to this guy's hearings. And he went to the one before and after. Uh, the judge was just the wicked witch of the West. And after this paperwork was filed, listen to him describe the judge's demeanor. It stunned the hell out of her. So take that. <laughs> that's what that's what I mean myself. I I taught myself all this. You know, you know, I had a steady diet of government documents coming to me because I had clients. So I, I saw the attorneys that wrote very well. And uh, I saw the pleadings that were uh, A number one, most heavily reliant upon substantial authorities and precedent. Um, and I saw some terrible ones. And I beat a few of them. And I read a bunch of indictments. I read a bunch of civil complaints. I wrote a bunch of, or I read a bunch of uh, private civil complaints by people who said their civil rights are violated. And learning binge. And this is what I came up with as my favorite points of all that experience. The drive-by litigation course is to teach how I would prepare to have an attorney sue a municipality. Uh, I don't want to pay a, an attorney $400 an hour to write interrogatories for me. I can write the question. I don't want to pay the attorney to write my request for admissions. I can write that. Okay, I can write a subpoena for certain documents that I want. So I don't have to pay the attorney to do that. But I can also beat up on the municipality with criminal complaints in a way that make them hate me and to make them dread having to go to a deposition and admit all this crap in the criminal complaint. Because in a civil suit, if you're at a, de uh, at a uh, deposition under oath and you say Fifth Amendment, the court is to presume you're hiding and that the party deposing you is correct. Can't do that in a criminal case, but you can do it in a civil case. And so I want to put things on the record that make them want to run from me, make them squirm, like allegations they've committed felonies. That means when we go to the deposition, there's no guarantee you won't be arrested, pal. Suddenly, I'm somebody they don't want to be in litigation with. Because I'm going to ask them about the criminal complaint, they're going to have to say Fifth Amendment. That means I win. And so I do all this work in advance, uh, put all the evidence in one place with an affidavit on top of it. On top of that, you put your state criminal complaint, you file it into court, and on top of your remaining copies, you put your federal criminal complaint, file it with the DOJ or the FBI. And then you put on top of that your notice to the municipality, and then you take all of that and you serve it on the individuals you're talking about in the criminal complaint. All that in place for the exploitation of the attorney that you hire to sue in U.S. District Court or to push for an early settlement. Do I have to file this lawsuit? Are you going to settle with my client? 
That's what drive-by litigation is about. You don't have to do the whole process every time a municipality screws with you. Just a couple criminal complaints, they might back off. Great, job done. You don't have to club them with all of it every time. There are a couple of instances in that course where I only used a couple of the, um, uh, not brackets, but a, a couple of the uh, tactics. State criminal complaint, federal criminal criminal complaint. That's all we needed for this guy. Okay. So you don't have to use the whole thing, but it's aggression from the start. That's what you do want to do every time, is be aggressive and use the criminal code. And for anybody out there, it's, oh, it's their code that gives them jurisdiction. These are codes that put people in prison for misconduct regardless of who they are. And if it's a public servant, you bet, I'm going to file a criminal complaint against them. There, there was a time when I was doing it on an accident. Criminal complaints for everybody, every time, all the time. And, and I took the best ones and put them in the drive-by litigation course and in the citizen criminal complaint course. It's what to do. I never got any respect from government until I started writing and filing citizens' criminal complaints. It's what to do. <coughs> so uh, uh, you, you have to do more. You've got to begin your learning curve, folks, because, uh, you know, there's only a couple people that even know what I do that can write a motion. So you're running out of help quickly when you know that if you can help yourself, uh, there's a viable defense, a, uh, um, a uh, chariot that you can ride. Now, Chris used the term um, uh, posture in his introduction. The posture is secondary. The posture is aggression. It originates in knowledge of the law. That's what comes first. That's what allows you to be aggressive. My posture is aggressive. Why would that be? Because they're stealing from me. Here's the law right here. See how knowledge is first? Your posture is based on that knowledge. If I know that uh, this person here is so small, I don't have to worry about them attacking me. I can relax. Because if they do, I can split their eye or break their nose. Same thing with government. If they mess with me, I know what to do about it. Why? Because I took Dave's courses. I've been amending those documents in my spare time for people I know. Oh, good job. There's a couple of people that have done that. They pick up my, my courses and say, you know, I think I'm going to do this to the state taxing authority here and they go off on their own and do something. Uh, there's more and more, you're gonna have to do it because less and less am I gonna do it. Those are the, those are the two sides of the same coin. Uh, Dave's gonna retire. So with all of that having been said, Chris has an update about Noble 8. They turned on the payment plan a couple days ago, found a couple errors, they're addressing those errors. It's the last thing they have to do. They already turned it on once for a beta test. So uh, Noble Aid is on the cusp of success. And uh, uh, I apologize for anybody that really wants to consult with me, but 
Uh, it's work that keeps me sick, and uh, I've got a lot of other stuff I have to do. So uh, I'm simply parting to that degree. And um, uh, let's see. <clears throat> uh, there's a couple questions in the chat. In the criminal case, Fifth Amendment is not confirming the opposing view, right? Correct. It's just reserving rights against self-incrimination. And the prosecutor cannot then look at the jury and wink and say, oh, they're hiding something. That's called an inference of guilt. They're not allowed to do that from the exercise of rights. In a civil case, they can do it. He must be hiding something. He had to uh, claim Fifth Amendment. Uh, RS says, can I send the challenge letter with the affidavit of Joiner with the deficiency? Um, list an Take the Joinder tutorial, okay? It's J-O-I-N-D-E-R, Joinder. Uh, take the Joinder tutorial and download the Joinder. There's a copy and paste a couple sentences off the Joinder page about I've attached an exhibit. Okay, it's your Joinder, so uh, craft it the way you want. If you think a letter should go along with it, or a, uh, a copy of uh, what they're doing, stick it on there. Comment about it in your Joinder and send it. Thank you, Rebecca. Now, um, the uh, Noble Eight, as I was saying, uh, they turned on the payment plan once, found a couple errors. So the last thing they have to do before they launch and make everybody a bunch of money is exactly what they're working on right now. Uh, it's my pleasure and privilege to speak with you on this Wednesday evening. Thanks a lot for tuning into the call. And uh, I'm going to give this back to Chris. Okay, um, let me just make one note here. Okay, um, yeah, um, I was I was making notes on something that uh, I'm preparing at a future date, and I uh, Dave made mention, or somebody asked about. Um, Sending, sending a joiner in and a challenge. You know, you know, to me, and I could be wrong, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not giving you legal advice, but I like the, uh, not the way that a lot of the people out there on the internet market this, but the conditional acceptance. I like that. I like that term because I conditionally uh, accept that I will pay. And I did this in front of the grand jury. You know, I conditionally accepted uh, to pay all taxes, penalties, and interest if they would just answer a few of these questions. And and if they could answer it, not only would I pay, you know, arrange for payment in 30 days, but I'll tell all my friends, family, and, you know, my email list and everything here is the law, here is how it's implemented, here's the interpretation, I've been wrong, go ahead and pay it, you know, and, and go ahead and fill out your 1040, quick. But they never got back to me, and they never heard. So with that being said, going back to my beginning of the conversation, uh, the, the show, I talked about mistake. I talked about an error. The agent could honestly 
believe me, talk to Sherry Jackson. She'll tell you. She could honest you the agent could be honestly mistaken, misled by the people that they work for. And and misleading you to make a payment, okay? And enforcing you to make a payment, threatening you to make a payment because they believe they're right. And for you to argue with them, there's an old thing that I learned years ago in sales. And this is sales. I don't care how you look at it. It's sales. Is arguments are for fools. Because you're right. No, I'm right. You're, you know, no, I'm right. And everybody's arguing. But look, I conditionally accept that I'll make the payment or so forth. Like, let's say a notice of federal tax lien. You know, you write to the IRS. To me, I'm going to write to the secretary, and I'm going to copy the commissioner. But the secretary is the one who is ultimately responsible in making sure he's collecting all the revenue. Is He, he is the principal, and, and the agents are, have, have to submit to the secretary's authority. Now, this is my logic. And I'm going to conditionally accept that, hey, you know, here's a tax bill, here's a copy of the um, uh, of the notice of federal tax lien, and my and my my defense, my real defense, is a mistake. And I'm going to give them things that they are mistaken about. Now, I'm not going to make, you know, again, the one who makes the claim is the one that has the burden of proof. So I'm not going to make any claims. I'm just going to give them the court's interpretation on Section 83. Here is the court's determination on Section 83. By the way, here is the commissioner interpretation. On, on Section 83. You know, I need a clear explanation pursuant to, again, the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights, that how effectively or efficiently, or however the word would be, that I'm wrong. However, if I'm not wrong, and, and there is no response, then I give them a certain amount of time to give them the opportunity to show to show me how I'm wrong. If not, the one that has a duty to speak when it's in their interest. Okay, so if they don't speak and it's in their interest, not only am I supported by the maxim of law, but it's also in the 26 C, oh, no, excuse me, 31 CFR 0.27, I think it is, or 0.027, somewhere around there. And and uh, when they have, you know, they are to answer all inquiries truthfully and honestly, even under, even if they're under oath. Now, that's kind of a funny way of putting it, but that's the way it is. Now, why do I do this? Because 
if they keep taking my money and they don't respond to the law as the law is written, whether it be, you know, I'm a citizen of the United States or Section 83 or all of them. If I'm wrong on any one of these uh, of these one or two or three issues, which, by the way, you can get in the memorandum of law in Davis' criminal complaint that went to Congress, and then I can pull an equity on them. And for those who may not know who equity, what equity is, equity is uh, or uh, uh, equity, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Estoppel, okay, um, it, it, it's a defense, and um, jurisdictionary, how to win in court, has a, a, a thing about uh, equity, and he explains it. And the defense, an equitable estoppel, stands to protect one who relies on one set of facts presented or passed that are communicated or demonstrated by acts or words of another who knows who ought to know the facts communicated intentionally or or negligently causes another reasonably relied on those facts and yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to go through the whole course now, but I'm getting all my notes and facts and everything together. I'm going to be using many of the the writings in the criminal complaint and in the course that is available to you all. I'm going to be using a lot of this when I go to present to get the liens and levies removed because if they don't respond to the positive, they just can't say it's frivolous. They can't tell me that the courts of the United States, or let's put it another way, the United States district courts or appellate courts are frivolous. They can't tell me that to get away with it. I won't I won't lie on that. Now if I say something out of my opinion, out of my Chris Chapman's opinion, it could be frivolous. Who knows? I've said some crazy things sometimes. But I'm relying on what the commissioner has said in his, um, uh, one of those things, or whatever they're called, and um, opinions, and as well as the court's opinions. And you can get many, uh, many if not all the court's opinions right there at wevgov.com under federal hey, taxation. Chris? Yeah. About the crazy things you said, if anybody's interested, I'll have a book out soon for all those. Just kidding. <laughs> the, uh, <coughs> so that's what I'm going to be working on. And for the people that who want to join me, or let's put it this way, join us, David, David is not going to be, I don't know, I mean, David has the freedom to do whatever he wants, just as I do, and just as you do. David, I think, may want to participate from time to time, but anybody who wants to join me, is unfortunately, I'm going to require that uh, 
we all join in Noble Eight together because it's a noble cause to beat the IRS. It's a noble cause to get your lien and levy off of your record and help those get that off of their record. Let, let me tell you, folks, the only reason I'm involved in this as much as I am because I've been winning, and I want to help each and every one of you win. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not a writer and a speaker like Dave Merlin is, but that's okay because the people that can hear me and listen to me know my my heart is solid and my and the my will carries on what words and, and expressions cannot say. I know this, and um, and and because I'm not stupid. I might be ignorant on a couple things, but I'm not I'm not a stupid person by no means. And um and I listen, I inquire, and I ask questions because I got two eyes, I got two ears, I got a nose. If I can't smell it, I can see it. If I can't see it, I can hear it. And I can't make any opinions until I gather more than an for me to make an informed decision. I'm not going to go off half-cocked and get myself locked up. And I've been successful so far since 1988. It took me from 1988 to 1993 to figure out that I'm no longer going to be paying the tax. But prior to doing that, I used to go down to the IRS office with books in my hands and, you know, question sheet, and, and they, they wouldn't even let me in the building, let alone an office. They wouldn't let me know, Chapman, we, you know, get away from here. And then I decided, well, you know, if they can't, you know, here, I, if I went to the police station and show where I have to have a driver's license, even though I'm not legally required to have, well, let, let me put it this way, I'm not lawfully required to have it, I'm legally required to have it, but but there's no law requiring me to have a driver's license. It's all smoke and mirrors. But at least the the cop will show me. Hey, here's a law right here. Pop, 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 and uh, and I gotta take it from there. Is it factual or or is it false? And and uh, so so this is what I'm saying. And I'm gonna have one or two calls a week in the near future where we're going to be doing a screen share. I'm going to show you what I've been reading, what I've been studying, and get and get y'all's input. But there's going to be a requirement that you join us in Noble 8, get three, get three of your fellow friends who are in the same boat as you. It's only a $28 out-of-pocket fee. It's not a, a. It's not going to break you, and yet you're going to help so many people. You're not going to help me. I don't. You know, particularly I don't need your your uh, help in the sense of, um, oh well. Here, here's this statue. Here's that statue. No, I need your help to tell as many people as you can around this country, so we can start putting language together that we can go to our representatives and stop this misrepresentation. Oh, good God, I forgot. I want to add this one thing about misrepresentation. 
this is powerful, and I hope I can find it real quick. Here it is. Okay, I'm getting this out of uh, the third edition Brian A. Blum, B-L-U-M, Contracts. Fraudulent misrepresentation, a false misrepresentation of facts, types of fraudulent misrepresentation, a misrepresentation, excuse me, misrepresentation generally, the meaning of misrepresentation and the distinction between fraudulent and non-fraudulent <coughs> misrepresentation. These are things you got to know, at least I feel that I have to know when I'm talking to an IRS agent. And I did it naturally. I did it without even knowing this existed when I was talking to the agent that was coming after me. I showed him how he was mis... Not only did I show how he was misrepresenting the taxation to me, he was, I showed how he was fraudulently misrepresent, misrepresenting who he was and his authority. I mean, can you imagine under oath, on a witness stand, in court, saying that his delegation of authority comes down through a phone call? I mean, the judge had to stop that in a heartbeat. Mr. Chapman, enough. Okay, Mr. Solar, you can leave now. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Quick. So, you know, these are things, um, a, lot of, a lot of this I learned in sales because, you know, uh, lawyers, uh, you know, went in court, that's why they ask you questions, okay, uh, because they want uh, to – ask questions so many different ways they want to entrap you and and that's why it, it's you know that's why they a lawyer can't make a statement into an answer he wants to ask questions and that's the same thing with sales when i was selling swimming pools i mean i used to sell two or three pools in one day because i was a good salesperson i knew the questions to ask I knew how to overcome the objections. I, in fact, I overcame objections before they were objections. So I said, "Well, I already handled that," and so forth. So, and this is this is it comes naturally to me. But now that I'm I'm getting involved in this, I didn't realize it until in the last year that a lot of this has become natural to me. And and so now I want to put something together that we can all come to, um, to uh, agreement with. And I got people like Servico, Dave Marilyn, uh, Bob Orth. We're all in Noble 8 together. And, and I like to help distribute some of, some of you to be under them so we're all a team and we can all study together, learn together, and win together, okay? And my ultimate goal is, I wasn't even going to be talking about this, but my ultimate goal is to get more than enough people. What is more than enough people? It's going to be hundreds of people that we're going to be all working together, all helping and teaching each other, and then go to our our 
you know, we're going to start a an actual, I don't want to say movement, but I want to start a force that we can go to our representatives and say, you know, hey, here, and, and we're going to have the money to do this. This is what's nice, okay? We're going to have more than enough money to do this that, that we can go to these offices. We can all travel around the country and go to, like, Washington or go to your state capitals or go to somewhere and just say, you know, we're state citizens. We want protection from the IRS because the law doesn't apply to a Floridian, the law doesn't apply to Wisconsin, and even if it did, how does Section 83 apply, and and so forth. We got so many different ways of helping each other, but we can't do it by complaining and sitting on our laurels waiting for somebody else to do it. So, um, being I'm a team player, and uh, and I used to. Uh, I mean, if if people were on the, out in the field when we were building swimming pools, if they didn't work, they got in their car and left, or they walked home. We we didn't we didn't want anybody around that didn't work, and so um, and and that's just the way it is. I'd rather have twelve interested people than one thousand. I mean, twelve uh, people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and work. And I know I know many of them who they are. Uh, read, um, excuse me. Twelve people that are ready to roll up their sleeves and get to work than a hundred in- interested people. Well, let me see how you guys do. Let me see if it'll, you know that ain't going to get it. So with that being said, um, let me see if there's any quick questions on the phone on the chat here. Yeah, we're number one. That's right, we're number one. I don't know when that was written. Oh, Serpico, okay. Uh, data, here we go. Oh, and, and Noble A is supposed to be starting to pay Friday, so we'll see what happens. I got word tonight about that. Uh, okay. Well, I think I covered it all. I don't see any new chats. So with that being said, I'd like to say God bless America, and this call is now officially over. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.